1: What's up, y'all? This is Tim Onitel. Welcome to the library. Make sure to follow me on Twitter at kosher 22 Also, check us out on www.RatStation.com. That's RatStation.com. We'll continue our conversation with Jay Zone. He's the author of Root for the Villain, Rap, BS, and The Celebration of Failure. Ideally, who's who's the audience for this book?
2: The audience, uh, I can't say an age, really, but it's... uh, I can't say an age. I mean, like, a lot of... If you were like raised in the eighties and nineties you'll you'll relate to a lot of it particularly if you if you if you're from you know the New York or the tri state area i mean and if you weren't if you were a hip hop kid if you were watching m t v raps in the eighties and nineties you know you, you know you used to buy your CDs, and they came in cardboard lawn boxes and you have to pull the c d out of the lawn box and you save the lawn box and put it on your wall like a poster nice you know like yeah. you know you you uh, you remember some of the turmoil of the 80s, how New York was like this this like cauldron of racial tension and the Reagan administration and the Bush administration and, you know, Dan Quayle misspelling potato. And, like all this stuff, you know, from the 80s and 90s. I mean, it's really a lot of it takes place in that era. And then the stuff that takes place in current, in current times takes those values and tries to apply them in a the new world. And then I fail miserably. <laughs> you know, like, talking to a girl who's a little younger than you can be disastrous <laughs> because she wants to text, and I'd rather meet you and talk. Right. You know, so there's, like, there's like a communication diff- You know, there's, there's a problem with communication. So, you know, I mean, if you came up in the 80s and 90s and you're kind of, like, you feel lost in the current world or you're, like, a hip-hop fan, a record collector, you're into, like, funk and stuff like that, if you're, like, having old-school, no-nonsense, don't-waste-my-time mentality... You know, and you appreciate the unappreciated. You know, you you can appreciate things that people don't normally talk about. If if you're not averse to, like, foul language and really strong opinions, because I do use those, um, (laughs) you you know, you might find – you might not relate to everything, but you'll find something in there to to relate
1: to. Yeah, I've been having my old man moments where I, I see two kids walking down the street and both of them have headphones on, but yet they're talking to each other. Which doesn't make any. I'm mean, like, how do how do you guys hear each? Like, I mean, it's on very low, but at the same time, like, how do you even hear each other?
2: Yeah, like, and and, and you know, I, I don't know. I'm just you know, but I've accepted it. Yeah, I'm not going to try to change it with them, you know, because I work in I worked in high schools. I work around kids. I'm a reporter on for high school sports, so I'm constantly around these kids, and they just don't understand. I brought a Walkman to school once to show kids, and they didn't know what the hell it was. So, <laughs> nice. you know, like. I don't blame them. That's just their, they have their time. We had ours and and that's it. But I'm writing the book for people who are in my time, who feel like they have nothing to read and relate to. And hopefully some of the stories and opinions will be shared by, you know, people who feel like kind of lost because media doesn't cater to us. Media caters to 18 to 27. Right. You know, so when you're over 30, you know, like there's not that much for you. And when it is, it's like how to finance your mortgage you know, how to put your kid through school. Like, they're not talking about, like, yo, remember when, yeah. you know, you, you went to, you know, a school dance and did The Running Man? Or remember when, you know, you used to go on the pay phone to call a girl? You had 25 cents, and you had four minutes to get her to come outside. And if you didn't have any extra change, the operator would cut you off, so you had to be real pimpish and slick. You know, it's like you had to be a master on the payphone to convince the girl to come outside. So, like, talking about stuff like that, it'll, like, hopefully it just brings up, you know, laughs for people and some nostalgia and also makes them think, you know, the messages way beneath the humor and the brash talk. Like, there's some messages, hopefully, that people will will receive.
1: I I I remember using, uh, like, 1-800-COLLECT to call my parents just to give a message what I was doing real quickly and hang up. Yeah,
2: yeah, because you know, you, you just you, you and sometimes you get a little bit of change back. Yeah, exactly.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Trying to figure that one out. Um, yeah,
2: so you know. That's I mean. Really, it,
1: go ahead, go. Sorry.
2: I look just a look at that arrow, you know.
1: So I want to step away from the book for my last two questions. Okay. Um, you know, in college, I like I guess two thousand, right? Uh, I I I I started rocking your track of candy razors. So yeah. I've always wanted to ask. What was the inspiration behind that song?
2: It's funny you asked that and it's funny that it's popular because that song I wasn't gonna put on my album.
1: Wow, wow, oh, wow.
2: Um, what happened was my first album, Music for Tubavi, was a senior project mm. for my college. I went to SUNY Purchase College. Oh, nice. uh, and I had to do an album, graduate, had to be forty five minutes. Album was forty two minutes. <laughs> <laughs> I needed one last song, and I wasn't really trying to be a rapper, although I rapped on there. So I was just like, who can I get to? I was, so I just kind of had like that beat lying around. I was like, who, who can rhyme on this? I was like, I can't really rhyme on this. So I gave it to Huggy, mm. who was uh, i have been working with, and he was like, all right, I'll get on something. And he called me. He's like, yo, you know, his friend uh, Ashi was a friend of his. I knew him, too. He was like, Kobe wants to get on it. And he's got his friend Trip from college up for Thanksgiving break. Can he get on it? I was like, yeah, I don't care. I just need four more minutes for my project. (laughs) You know, it was like, I got to hand this in, like, December 14th. And they were like, no, we'll we'll be up there, you know, the end of Thanksgiving break, record it, and then you can mix it and hand it in. I was like, all right, cool. So, you know, they came up and did it. I mean, they were rhyming about, you know, different things. But I, I wasn't, to be completely honest, like, I didn't really know. I wasn't really that, you know, aware of what was, I mean, I knew what they were talking about, but it's not like I was like reading and studying the same stuff. I'm like, yeah, I was just kind of like, okay, they sound dope. The lyrics are good. The lyrics are dope. Beat is good. Okay. Sounds good. I got to hand this project in, (laughs) you know? So I handed it in. And then when it came, when I made the cassette and was giving it to people, everybody kind of liked the song. And I was like, wow, that was kind of just to meet a requirement for, you know, for my project. And, (laughs) When I was going to press vinyl, I wasn't going to put it on there. Oh, but people kept saying, like, yo, I like that song. So I was like, all right, I'll put it on the vinyl. And then it wound up being the most popular song on that record. Mm. <laughs> you know, so that, and I'm not even on it. I don't right, rhyme right, on it. Yeah. I just did the beat.
1: Right. I mean, I, the, I think I, right away, I mean, the, the beat actually just blew me away. And then kind of the rhyme. You know, I think with, with a lot of music, beats are, you know, primary, and then secondary is the lyrics. Right. And that was like one of the things that kind of blew me away was just like the beat, and then the rhyming on it was pretty remarkable as well.
2: Right. Thanks. Yeah. 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 So it was. It was really by accident. It was. You know. That. Is the, sometimes they say in music, like things that are accidental wind up being your most biggest successes. So. Right.
1: So I want to go. I'm gonna my last question. Um, I want to go back to your album, uh, "Music for Two Madre." So track number 5 uh track track the track is uh, it's called uh, 5 years which is one of your preludes. You ask uh where do you see hip hop in 5 years? So I actually want to know where do you see hip hop in 5 years?
2: I don't even know anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I have no clue. I have no yo know, like I said like the way things are now like it's not my cup of tea. I don't like most of the stuff that's out, but it's not for me. You know, mm. I'm, I'm a 34-year-old man living in New York. Most hip hop is made for high school kids nowadays. Kids in their 20s, you know. Right. And the kid I, from working in a high school, working with kids, the kids are into that stuff. I don't like it, but it's not. I'm not gonna bash it. Right. You know, like it's just not for me. You know, so I'm like I said, I'm at a point where I'd rather go in and celebrate. You know, groups from my era that weren't celebrated, you know, and, and that's what my book is about. Like, instead of wasting my time bashing Little B of Soldier Boy, I'm going to put my energy into talking about why, you know, why Tim Dogg's album is underrated or why Hollywood Impact is a great producer or why Son of Berserk and No Face and the Afros made incredible albums that, no, you know, that didn't get the respect they deserve, you know. So I'd rather put my energy into, like, going into my era and and bringing stuff to the light that is commonly overlooked, you know?
1: Jay zone Mm -hmm. thanks so much for joining us on Andy Don't Stop with Chuck D.
2: No problem. Thank you.